Guys, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of John, uh, chapter 1, amongst other places, but that's the place we're going to turn to and, and read a good chunk of Scripture, so uh, you can prepare that way. Um, if you have your bulletin, you will notice it still says Habits of Grace, but that is the last time it will say that, uh, because next week we start a brand new series, and so next week we're going to start a, a new series um, called Lies That We Believe and the Truth That Sets Us Free. And uh, so we'll open up next week talking about some of the things that we buy into uh, here in our world, some of the lies that are, are cast by the father of lies, uh, our great enemy, Satan, and uh, how we, we believe those and, and what we need to believe about God to be set free from those things that bind us. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, but this morning, we're going to wrap up this entire uh, series. We spent our whole summer studying these habits of grace. And the question really before us this morning is, is really... Uh, so now what? Now, now what? What, what? what comes next? What do we do? We spent all summer learning about these habits of grace, these things that some people call spiritual disciplines. And then the, the question we kind of have to wrap up with is, what do we do now? And that's why I think this last habit is so important because it really shines light on what all of these things are meant to do. And so this morning, um, join me in a word of prayer as we prepare our hearts to talk about the habit of perseverance. The habit of perseverance. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you um, for meeting with us in worship as, as we, we uh, worshiped you through song. And God, now we will worship you through the study of your word. And so God, we know that your word is living and that it is active. We know that it's sharper than a double-edged sword, which is important because our hearts are often hard, often callous because of sin. So Holy Spirit, we want to invite you into this place. We want to ask now that you would come and exalt Jesus and lift him up in a way that um, draws us all to him, in a way that um, changes and transforms our hearts from the inside out, that we might leave um, with a clearer vision of what it means to continue on in this thing that we call the Christian life. And so grant us a clear vision of who you are, and of who we are called to be in you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, take your place as our teacher and our guide now, and uh, do what only you can do in our presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, we began this study this summer with very intentional language, you may remember. And we, we called these things that we're studying habits, of grace rather than spiritual disciplines, and we did so because we believe kind of the phrase spiritual discipline uh, places the emphasis on, on the wrong party, kind of puts it all on us. It's almost like if we do these things, we can capture lightning in a bottle, and uh, if we do these things, it's, it's almost kind of like magic transformation. If we'll just check these boxes, then we will, we will suddenly be the people of Jesus we're called to be, and yet we know that it's possible to do lots of godly things and yet not to have God's heart, right? We look at the Pharisees in the New Testament who, who were, were better quote-unquote uh, followers of God than we would ever be, more, more rigorous in that sense, but yet they forgot their first love, as Revelation 2 would say. And uh, they didn't recognize that Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that God had promised. And so it's very possible for us to miss Jesus getting caught up in all the things we're supposed to do. And so he said, listen, it, it's not about that. These are habits of grace. God historically 
has, has chosen paths or channels to bless his people. It, it's just there. It's all throughout the Bible. When, when people pray to God, he, he blesses them. When they call upon his name in worship, he, he meets with them, right? Um, when, when they get alone and, and, and focus on him, um, they find him. And, and so we were rediscovering these paths of, of blessing. And like Zacchaeus, remember, our goal is to, to find out where God is and to put ourselves in his path. Because when you have an encounter with God, it changes you. And that was our belief. And so kind of we, we entered into the summer saying that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to be those kind of people. And so uh, I think it's fitting this morning that we, we answer this, this question, now what? Now what? So this last habit kind of wraps up everything we've studied. It reminds us what all these things are really have all been about. And so let's talk about perseverance. Now, um, when I say the word perseverance, what kind of mental image do you get? It's okay, you can shout out, we're in church, it's okay. I know, I know some of you raised in church, like you cannot talk in church, you just get wrapped on the knuckles, don't talk in church, you sit up straight, you, right. What kind of mental image do you get when you think of perseverance? Anybody? What's that? An athlete in a race? Sticking it out, okay. I, I found some images this week, and I, I thought, Maybe these were some of the things you might think about. I've already heard a couple of them. Maybe when you think about perseverance, you think about something like this, right? It's a lighthouse uh, in the midst of, of waves just crashing upon it. And, and we kind of get that visual image that the Bible often talks about as standing firm. Right? Maybe that's what you think about when you think about perseverance. Maybe, uh, like, like, like Miss Patty said, maybe you think about something like this, right? When you think about perseverance. And, 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 and what that is, is that's that, that, that pressing on, Right? That, that is the, the pressing on, the pushing through that wall of pain in order to, to finish uh, well the race that you've begun. Or maybe your image of perseverance is something like this. Right? For some of us, that's not just an image of perseverance, that's an image of life right now. That's the stage we're in, we're just hanging on by thread. Like, please God, let this tree, let its roots be in the rock, right? Just let me hang on a little longer. I think all of those images are, are, are good images of perseverance, but this morning I, I want to paint one more for you. Maybe a new one, maybe one that you have not thought about in regards to this thing called perseverance. But to get there, we need to begin in a really important foundational truth of our faith, and, and, and it's this. And so uh, here's the first thing I want you to see this morning. We are saved by God's grace through the simple act of faith. We, we, we have to start here. This is foundational, that we are saved by God's grace through the, the simple act of faith. Now, for most of you, uh, we can do a show of hands. It's okay. How many of you were raised in church? I'm not one of those people, so I'm going to keep my hands down. Okay. All right. And, and those of you that are more like me, you were not raised in church? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So we got, we got a good little mix. Now, if you were one of those people that were raised in church, um, you, you learned this at an early age, right? That you were saved by God's grace through the simple act of faith. I mean, you, you may, it may have been your first vacation Bible school when you heard Ephesians 2.8 for the first time, right? Ephesians 2.8, which says, um, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. And so maybe it was vacation Bible school. Maybe it was Sunday school, and, and you had um, your teacher that had the felt board. And I don't know how you teach grace on a felt board. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm sure the flannel graph is, I think what it was called officially. And man, they, those teachers could rock that thing, I understand. I never, I never got flannel, flannel graphing. I feel like I missed out. Um, but when I hear your stories, man, it makes my heart yearn for it, I tell you, right? And so, so if you're raised in church, like, like you know this. And see, here's the problem. So if you're raised in church, this kind of becomes like, like we almost forget 
Man, I'm saved by grace through faith. And, 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 and I'm saved by grace through faith. And faith is just a simple act of belief in Jesus, right? Now, for others of you, though, like myself, that weren't raised in church, this is transformational. Like, if you're not raised in church, and you walk into a place where people believe it, you hear this for the first time, it wrecks your whole world. Because, I mean, one, church is just a weird place to walk into, right? Uh, I, I mean, especially as an adult, I, I'd been drugged there sometimes as a child, but as an adult, as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, the first time I walked through the doors of a building, and, and all these people, they were so happy and loving, and I was like, what is up with these people? It was weird. I mean, everybody's hugging you and kissing you. I'm like, I've never even met you, but you're kind of hot. Um, can I get your... I mean, it, was all co- it was a college Bible study, okay? It wasn't, wasn't during the senior adult greeting time. Um, so, other 18, 19-year-old... And so, I, I, I just remember... Shock, and, then, and, then, and then, you know, it's also weird because you've never been in a place where you walk in and they just start to sing, right? That doesn't happen anywhere else. Like, I mean, I, I don't remember my engineering physics class walking in, my professor standing up and going, Gravity... This is gravity, 9.8 meters per second falling. No, it doesn't happen. You don't walk into work and your boss starts singing, it's good to see you. Like, it just doesn't happen. So, so church can be weird, right? And I just remember when, when I was there, and maybe that's you this morning, you're there this morning, kind of like, like, hey, I wasn't raised in church, and you walk in and, and, and you hear this kind of stuff, and it wrecks your world. Because the truth is that, that you kind of do believe that there's a God, and, 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 and though you don't know much about him, you're pretty sure that he's really, really, really good. And, and, and here's the truth, you, you, you hear something like this, that, that there's nothing that you can do, there's no act that you can do, there's no, no like righteousness that you can do to make yourself good enough for God. It's all about what God has done. And that truth is, is, is revolutionary because, because you, you begin to hear there's a God who loves you and he desperately wants you to be with him. And, and in your, your chest, you know this God is really, really, really good and you know inherently that you are not because you have tried to do everything in your power to make yourself that, and you have failed more times than you've ever succeeded. And so, so the truth remains that even if this God is really, really good, and even if he really does want me to be with him, you kind of feel like there's no way that that could happen, because there's no way that I could be good enough for him. And man, if you're that person, or if you were that person, this truth about grace is revolutionary. That, that, that I'm not ra- made right Uh, with God by anything that I do. Instead, I'm only made right with God because I believe in what he has done. It's huge. There's a lot of uh, faith-based people that will argue that belief and faith are completely different things. And they're going to quote James who says, you know, even the demons believe and shudder and they build a whole theology on that. The problem with that is in, in many places in the New Testament, the words are used interchangeably. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to read John chapter 1. And so I'm going to ask if you, you're already there, if you want to turn there. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Uh, Matt Chandler and the Village Church are, are preaching through the entire gospel of John. And if you're a podcaster, you drive a lot, and you want to listen to a great podcast, man, he is killing it uh, in his study in John. It is so, so good. And, uh, and so I, I, I want to encourage you. I'm, I'm in John chapter 1. We're going to read 13 verses together. And the Word of God says this. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, 
but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, the speaking of Jesus now. And yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And I want to focus on those last two verses there, 12 and 13. But all who received him, he gave the right to be children of God. Now, we, we talk about that in church. Maybe you've heard that theology before. Like, anyone that receives Jesus can become a child of God. And the question is, well, how do you receive Jesus then? Do I just say, hey, Jesus, come into my heart? I mean, do I just have to cry out like a, a little prayer? What, what does that mean? Well, to receive Jesus, it, it goes on. It says, this is how you receive Jesus. It says, you have to believe in his name. That's what receiving Christ is. It's like believing in the name of Jesus. Believing that Jesus is everything that he says he is. Everything that the Bible says he is. And, and it says, listen, this, this, this belief that, that, that we, we receive, this, this salvation we receive through this belief, it says it's not, it's not of the flesh. It's not something you create in yourself. It's not something that you bring yourself to the conclusion. Well, I've, I finally decided that Jesus really... It says, no, it, it, it's not of the flesh. It, it, it's actually something that, that's not of the will of man, but it's of the will of God. And so, so it's this God-given belief. It's God-given belief. Matt Chandler would say that the word belief is actually the theme of the Gospel of John. And it's interesting, he points out, do you know every time that the word belief appears, it, it appears by itself. There's not an adverb or an adjective in front of it. Not one time. It, it, it's never um, radically believe. It, it, it's never intensely believe. It's not perfectly believe. It's just simply believe. Just, just believe in, in the name of Jesus. That, that, that's the word. It's just simple belief. And, and when we do that, when we lay down our works, when, when we lay down our sense of self-righteousness, when we realize that our best doesn't come close to the perfection of, that God demands, when we simply come to his solution for our sin problem, which is his son, Jesus Christ, who stepped out of heaven and into humanity, who lived the perfect life that we couldn't, who died the penalty that we deserve on the cross, thus covering our sin debt, when by grace we are brought to this divine realization, all we have to do, all we can do, because he's done all the rest of it, is believe. Right? It's all we have to do is believe. Simply believe and we are saved and we become children of God. All right? So we, we have to start here. Um, first point, foundational Christianity 101. We're saved by grace right? Through faith, through the simple act of belief, all right? So that's how we're saved. Now let's talk about how we persevere, okay? Let's talk about how we're sustained, all right? Second point, second point this morning. By the way, only a two-point sermon, all right? God bless you. It's your gift. It's your gift. Started, started new, September's here, school just started. It's a new gift, okay? Uh, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. I, I went over this last night. I was like, where's my other point? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fine with five points. I'm not okay with two. I, I'm just... Not, not sure. I did preach a sermon once that I had no point. And uh, I, mean, I mean, there was a theme, right? But there was no point, And I, I, I remember it as my pointless sermon. But it's okay. Uh, so second point, and this is, this is important. We are sustained by God's grace through our continued belief in Jesus. 
Okay, so so we're, we're saved by grace through faith or through simple belief. But we're also sustained by God's grace through our continued belief in Jesus. Now, now let's look at this perseverance thing and, and what it really is. And so we're going to do that by looking at three passages that paint pictures of what perseverance looks like. That's called alliteration, people. That takes work. Three passages that paint pictures of what perseverance is like, okay? So here they are. You can, you can jot them down. I've given you plenty of room in your sermon notes to write these things down, but we're going to go through them pretty quickly, okay? We're going to start in James 1, uh, James chapter 1, uh, 2 through 4. James writes this. He writes, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trails. Can we just hit pause there for a second? Like, like this perseverance thing better be good because the opening line of this is not awesome, right? I'm not a fan, okay? I, consider it pure joy, is, is how the NIV translates. Con- consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience trials. I mean, trials, tests, or temptations. I consider that, whoa, this is awesome. When's the last time you had a bad day and you thought, this is great? Anybody? Not so much, right? Okay. That's what James says. Man, you, sh- you should just think, man, this is awesome. I'm so glad I'm going through this. Because... Ready? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now that word endurance in the NIV and other, other translations translate often perseverance or steadfast. That's our word. Right? That's our word. We're going to see this word kind of appear in, in these things. And so it says, listen, because you know that trials, so you rejoice in trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and, and then endurance will have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Okay? All right. So trials build endurance, perseverance, perseverance. Leads to maturity. All right? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Okay? Maturity means we're not tossed back and forth, by the way. Okay? Oh, I had a bad day. Life is terrible. Oh, I had a good day. God is good. Oh, I had a bad day. Life is terrible. Oh, I had a good day. God is good. If I'm describing you, I love you. Just saying, it's time to grow up. Okay? All right. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, 3 through 5. Okay? And not only that, it says, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. I just want to say to Paul and James, like, really? Are you kidding me? Right? I mean, James starts it off, rejoice in your trials. And then Paul is like, oh, well, rejoice in your... You know what the word affliction means here in Romans 5? It means suffering. That's what it means. Rejoice in your suffering. Gee, thanks, Paul. Awesome. Awesome. So he says, now we also rejoice in in our suffering. Because we know that that suffering produces what? Endurance. It produces endurance. Perseverance. That's our word again. Produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope. Right? And so, so these things that we endure, these things that we go through, like, like if, if we endure them, if we persevere through them, it actually changes us into the kind of people that we have longed to be. Anybody ever looked in the mirror and not like who was looking back at you? And I'm not talking about bags under the eyes and that kind of thing, right? Oh, it was a late night. Huh? I mean like you look in the mirror and to your eyes. Like, and you can kind of almost see into your own soul and you go, I don't like the dude looking back at me. I don't like the lady looking back at me. I, I don't, I, I'm not happy with who I am. I'm not, I'm not the person that I want to be. That, that's a lack of, of character, right? So the Bible says that we, we have to learn this thing called perseverance because as we persevere through suffering, our character changes to be more like Christ. We begin to look in the mirror and see the work of God in our own lives. And we say, yes, this is, this is who I want to be. I want to walk through these difficulties with joy and with love and with peace and with patience and and belief that God has got this. And so, and, and that produces this hope that, that Jesus really is who he says he is, that, that, that our Redeemer is not dead, but that he lives. 
that he's returning, right? It, it produces this great hope in us, all right? Uh, last one I'm going to share with you. Hebrews uh, chapter 12. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with, look at that word there, endurance, that's our word, the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and the perfecter of our faith. Run with endurance. So, what does that mean? What is this, this perseverance, what is this endurance thing? we've studied we're supposed to endure through trials, we're supposed to endure through suffering, we're supposed to endure through this, this, this race uh, that we're running. So what does it mean? If this is what I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to endure, this is, you know, this is the next thing I'm supposed to do. Like, what, is it, what does it mean to do that, right? And so that, that's what I want to talk about with you this morning. And, and here's the key. The key lies in the meaning of the word and how it's used in the New Testament, all right? So, so the word in all three of our, our passages, it's, it's the same Greek word. If you speak it in Texa, Texican, it's, it's hupomone. Um, that's not how you pronounce it in Greek. Uh, but Texican version is hupomone, which is fine. But it, it's, it's hupomone. Uh, and it, it's, it's a compound word. It's made up of two words. The first word means abide. And the second word means under. It means to abide under the trials. To abide under the suffering to abide under the pain, to remain under, literally. And so, so that's what it means. But here's the interesting thing. When it's used in the Bible, it speaks of a character trait in people, okay? And, and here's the character trait that it speaks of. This word, every time that, that, that's used in, in the passage we're studying, it speaks of the characteristic of a man or a woman who is not swerved or swayed from their deliberate purpose and loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and suffering. It's the characteristic of a man or woman who is not swerved by their, or from their deliberate purpose and loyalty to faith, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. Another way to put that is to say, it's a person that continues to believe in Jesus no matter what life throws their way. That's perseverance. Perseverance is a person that continues to believe in Jesus no matter what life throws their way. It's, it, it's not about continued performance or perfection. Uh, none of us could achieve it. Rather, perseverance is about continued belief in Jesus. That's it. It's about continued belief in Jesus. Right? It, it's about no matter what life throws your way, you continue to believe that Jesus is good. No matter what life throws your way, you continue to believe that Jesus is right. No matter what life throws your way, you continue to believe that He knows what He's doing. No matter what life throws your way, you continue to believe that He is working for good even though you can't see it. No matter what he throws your life throws your way, you continue to believe that He is provider, that He is protector, that He has the power to do even more than you could think or imagine. No matter what life throws your way, you continue to believe that He is for you, not against you. That He will use you in spite of yourself. <laughs> See, biblical perseverance isn't about trying. By the way, I want you to write this down. This is very freeing. Biblical perseverance isn't about trying. It's about trusting. Let, let, let that set there for a second. Biblical perseverance isn't about trying. 
It's about trusting. See, our summer has really been about one thing. It it hasn't been about adding to your Christian juggling act um, by giving you a bunch of stuff to do. Now, some of you uh, have thought that that's the case, and, and I just want you, I, I'm going to free you up. It's not about trying to add to your Christian juggling. Act. Okay, well, now I've got I've to add in reading my Bible, and now I've got I've to add in meditation, and now I've got to add in application. Now I'm going to add in memorization. Oh, oh gosh, now we're going to add in prayer. And, and in addition to prayer, we're going to add in journaling. And in addition to journaling, some, some meditation. In addition to meditation, some silence and solitude. And, and now I have to get plugged into church and do life with people through fellowship and I have to make sure that I'm worshiping God and all that I do and I have to make sure that I'm serving the church and I have to make sure that I'm giving to the church and pretty soon you're just like, like you are lost in that. So here's the freeing truth. Like, like all of those things really have one purpose. Okay, ready? The, the, the purpose of all of those things is to help you to continue to believe. That's it. To spur on your, your, your belief, right? By the grace of God that everything we have talked about is to help you do this one thing. My picture. I got a picture right there. See, that's perseverance. That's, that's the image I want you to replace all of the other images in, in, in your mind because all of this stuff is just about us continuing to believe that Jesus has got us in his hands, that he will continue to catch us no matter what life throws our way. Jesus has us. Believe. That's the goal. Take a quick survey. How many of you thought perseverance was about something you had to do, not something you just had to believe, right? No. The goal of perseverance throughout the Bible is just that you would continue to believe. No matter what life throws your way, that you would continue to believe in Jesus. Jonathan Cain and Steve Perry, the great hymn writers of the band Journey, Nailed it in that awesome chorus. You remember, right? Don't stop what? Believing. Friends, that is truly the key to perseverance. That and that alone. Just don't stop believing. Keep running to Jesus. Keep jumping into his arms. He will catch you. He has got you. He is enough. He has good for you. So no matter what life throws our way, when we lose loved ones, when we lose a job, when, when it feels like the world is crumbling, we trust in Jesus to catch us. And he will not let us fall. That's perseverance. Don't stop believing. All right, pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. This simple, simple message that is packed with so much truth. This is what the gospel is all about. Truthfully, this is what the gospel is all about. Lord, as we turn our affections towards you again, just in a moment of response, I pray that um, you would just move in our hearts, maybe for the first time, or maybe just for the first time in a while. That's our hope. That's our prayer.
Just that simple belief. Please. Please, please, please. Amen. I'm going to put that picture back up there one more time. Just want you to see it. Just want you to, uh, that last one. We can do that. And, and here's the deal. This morning, whether it is the first time you've ever believed, uh, or maybe this morning it's just going to be the first time you've believed in a while. You know what I'm saying? You know how that is, right, Christians? <laughs> like, like, like you, you remember that moment that you trusted God with everything, but man, life has gotten rough, and somewhere along the way, you got confused. <laughs> You got caught up in all the stuff you were doing, and so you've been doing stuff, but you haven't been doing that. You haven't been trusting in God. Somewhere your belief got mixed up with your desire to do stuff, thinking that that, that's what you had to do, right? It's all about my performance. It's not about your performance, friends. It's not about your performance. Your performance has no power to save you. It has never been about your performance, ever. It has always been about his perfect love. That's it. We did not enter into the kingdom of God because anything that we did, we didn't enter into the kingdom of God because we memorized the whole Bible. We didn't enter into the kingdom of God because we didn't miss a Sunday for a year. We didn't enter into the kingdom of God because, because yeah, you know, we walked a thousand old ladies across the street. Like, that didn't cut. That's not how we entered the kingdom of God. We entered the kingdom of God with childlike, simple faith. Just saying, I believe you'll catch me. Man, I just trust you. And listen to me. Not only is that how you enter the kingdom of God, that is how you persevere in the kingdom of God. So maybe this is the simplest message I've ever preached. I don't know. Friend, would you just fall back into that moment this morning? So I say it again, whether it's the first time you've ever put your belief in Jesus. And, and, and if, if that's you, you just you say, I don't even know what I'm doing. Literally, you just say to him, hey, Jesus, I'm jumping, catch me. Like, I just believe it. I believe that you're good. I believe that you have a plan for my life. I believe that you want me. I'm, I, I, I believe that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worthy of you, but somehow you still want me. So I believe in that, and here I am. I'm yours. And so you just pray something like that. God's going to honor that. But if, if you're here today, and you've already prayed that prayer once before, or twice before, or 20 times before, this morning... Maybe it's just the first time you've believed again in a long time. Maybe you're like the uh, father, right? It says, Lord, I believe. Would you help my unbelief? I want to believe again. God, I want to believe again. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, actually, uh, I know it sounds weird because we say we're going to open up these steps. Like they weren't open before. They were closed. You couldn't see the chains. We're going to have a time of prayer where we ask you to come forward. Somebody says, well, why do, you, why do you make us come forward, Pastor? I don't understand it. Because it sticks. Simple. Right? Because it sticks. Because I have found people that stay in their seat with their butt attached to the pew typically walk out of here pretty unchanged. It was just another moment. But when you get up and you have to walk down the aisle and, and you, you bow before God, something, something happens there that seems to stick. It seems to stick with you during the week. It seems to remind you when the struggle comes, and it's going to come, by the way. The struggle is going to come. And when it does, just one question, do I believe? And do I believe 
yeah, I believe I'm good. I'm good. I may be poor, but I'm good. I may be bloody, but I'm good. I believe. I believe. So this morning, that's our invitation. Now, if um, today is the first time you've ever believed, I'm, I'm going to be around here somewhere, and I want you to come talk to me. But if, if it's just the first time you've believed in a wall, in a long time, if today you're just saying, yeah, Jesus, I still believe in you. I'm sorry that I got caught up in all the stuff, and I, I haven't been doing this. I'm going to do this more. You just, you're just going to come and pray because you know what you're doing, okay? So stand up with me. And uh, as, as Jacob just kind of plays, he's playing that song, Lord, I need you. And this morning, if you recognize the heart of that lyric is true, um, then we're just going to ask you to come. Would you come and pray? Would you come and, and uh, come before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I need this. I just need to continue to believe in you. I need to continue to believe that you're good, that you know what you're doing. And uh, so we're going to open up this, uh, these steps. That we're going to call this an altar. Um, you guys don't let Miss Denise be the only person that feels like the Holy Spirit's working in her, her life. We need it, all right? That's what it's for. That's what it's about. Just, Lord, I'm sorry. I haven't believed, not like I should. I want to do this perseverance thing. I recognize it's not about my performance. It's about your perfection. 